What would your life look like if you felt confident in your body and in your health habits? We believe that confidence is possible for all people. This is the Free Method Podcast, and I'm your host, Dylan Murphy, registered dietitian and owner of Free Method Nutrition. We are dedicated to empowering women to make peace with food, heal their relationship with their body, and create sustainable health habits. Come hang with us each week as we have conversations that will inspire you to live a life of freedom. Let's dive into today's show. As some of y'all may know, I have been supplementing some of Calder's feedings with Bobby over the past four months, and we have been loving it. One of the main reasons why we chose Bobby when we knew we were going to add formula to Calder's feeding is because of their high quality ingredients and simple recipe. As the only mom-led and founded infant formula company in the U.S. with an organic European-style recipe that meets all FDA standards, they continue to set the bar as the leading clean infant formula. And they recently have received the Clean Label Project Purity Award and pesticide-free certification. This is huge. And really what this means, the Clean Label Project, it evaluates products for substances that would never be found on the product label. So things like heavy metals, pesticide residues, and plasticizers. And the fact that Bobby received this award gives me the confidence as a parent and the peace of mind knowing that what Calder is getting and ultimately what's going into his body contains all the ingredients that his body needs and nothing that it doesn't. So if you're in need of a high quality formula to feed your baby, Bobby definitely has my stamp of approval. Head to freemethodnutrition.com slash Bobby, B-O-B-B-I-E to order yours today and use promo code Dylan Murphy 10 so you can get 10% off. Welcome back to another episode of Free Method Podcast. Today, I am joined by Tamar Samuels. She is a registered dietitian and co-founder of Kalina Health. Tamar, welcome to the show. Hi, Dylan. Thank you so much. I am so excited to be here with you today. Yeah, I am looking forward to our conversation. So I would love just kind of starting out, just introduce yourself a little more to our listeners, um, however much you want to share with us. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Um, As Dylan said, I'm a registered dietitian. I actually started off wanting to be a therapist. And then, yeah, yeah. So so I've always been passionate about helping people and care and the care process, right? Mm -hmm. How we take care of people. And I wound up falling in love with nutrition and shifted careers and decided to become a registered dietitian Mm -hmm. um, and really work to integrate some components of lifestyle modification. I pursued coach training, really understanding not just the clinical nutrition side of things, but also the behavioral side of how we support people and changing their health. So here I am, you know, almost 10 years later. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. And um, in through that process, connecting with an incredible thought leader, um, that, and named Vanessa Rosetto. She's my co-founder and creating this nutrition platform called Kalina Health along with our other co-founders, Steve Kulian, um, and our incredible team of 18 and counting registered dietitians. Wow. Uh, yeah. That was one thing that stopped me so much when I was looking at your website. Like, wow, they have built 
an awesome business. Having 18 plus dietitian is huge. Um, do you feel like when you first started Kalina, is that like, was that the goal to, to get more dietitians to reach more and more people? Or what do you feel like was y'all's like initial goal? Yeah, it's interesting because um, Vanessa and I were, we had our own private practices before we created Kulina and we were practicing from the same approach in that we really wanted to deliver, we were both delivering personalized, evidence-based, accessible care. Both of us took insurance um, and we were both providing really personalized care, which we thought was really missing in the nutrition space and is honestly still nutrition missing in the nutrition yeah. space. Yes. It's yes. so <laughs> polarized. I feel like, you know, we have the intuitive eating anti-diet and then we have like the prescriptive ketogenic mm-hmm. um you know whatever other diet is yeah diet gosh choice. whatever the popular one is yeah exactly and so really both of us were like there is another way and that way is personalization right like there's something mm-hmm. for everyone and, and what's most important is that we are working with our patients to be able to mm-hmm. find a plan that works for them um, mm-hmm. but also grounded in science, which is also missing in the nutrition space, yeah. <laughs> as you know. <laughs> Gosh, very much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so we we came from this place of having this, having identified this problem that we were both solving independently mm-hmm. um, and joining forces to bring that solution to the masses. Mm. I love that because I, I totally agree. I feel like nutrition there's so many like recommendations out there that are not based in science evidence at all. And so then it leaves people overwhelmed, confused. Cause I mean, why would anyone think to even question it? If it's like, Oh, well, so-and-so says like, I don't need to be eating any carbs. Carbs are bad. Like, I think it'd be easy to just assume that that's true. Um, especially when it's told in like such kind of like drastic attention grabbing ways. Um, and then even like the personalized aspect of like, what works for one person may not work for someone else. And so providing like personalized care can be huge. Um, I also love what you said of like, you went into the field um, or you like initially thought you wanted to be a therapist and now you're working as a dietitian. And I find like, I'm curious, I'm sure you agree. I'm curious if you agree. Like, I feel like a lot of the work we do is like, similar, like sometimes I tell clients, I'm like, I'm basically like a nutrition therapist. <laughs> like we talk <laughs> about food, um, but also like, it might feel similar to therapy too. Like we might not just be sitting and talking about like what a carb does in your body and some examples of carbs. Like it's usually so much more than that. So I wonder too, do you find, well, I'll ask this first. Like, did you start like school with the idea of being a therapist or was it like you thought you wanted to and then you chained like before even starting school decided to be a dietitian? Yeah, I I thought that I wanted to be a therapist. Actually, it's interesting because I initially wanted to do social work. And so mm-hmm. I got my undergrad in psychology and I started working at a nonprofit in Harlem working with kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was sort of just diving into the academic counseling space as my mm-hmm. first job post undergrad and grad. Yeah. And, you know, like a psychology degree is like <laughs> yes. sort of a, a broad <laughs> what degree do do? to have. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I actually met a dietitian at the, the nonprofit that I was working at. And I was mm. like, wow, you know, this is a career. Mm, <laughs> there are people cool. who like do this as a profession. I had no idea that this yeah. was even a thing. Um, and so that's when I pivoted to really dive into nutrition and really understand that there is this connection between counseling and nutrition, right? So I think that a lot of people 
people perceive dietitians as the diet police. I think mm-hmm. our name doesn't really help with that. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Like, can we change it? Hashtag fail. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that being said, being a registered dietitian is such an important credential that a lot of people don't know about um, mm-hmm. exists, right? A lot of people don't know that nutritionist is really not a licensed word. And so like mm-hmm. anyone can call themselves a nutritionist. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of scary. And so like really learning about how, um, you know, it's kind of a wild west out there when it comes to nutrition and then mm-hmm. add social media to that and influencers talking about, you know, different diets they're trying and celebrities and, you know, mm-hmm. where, where are people getting their nutrition information from? They're not getting it from their physician because physicians don't have time, yeah. um, nor do they have the expertise, right? They, mm-hmm. I think they receive one class in nutrition yeah. throughout their entire training. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not getting it. They're, they're getting it from the, the average layperson. And so I just really fell in love with the importance of, you know, providing care that is really care focused, not just education focused from a nutrition mm-hmm. perspective, um, but that's also focused on science. Mm-hmm. and evidence and healthcare and research. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good. How have you seen in the, the many clients you've worked with, how have you seen that approach being so much more impactful than maybe like the like standard approach or the approach people may assume that dietitians take? Yeah. You know, I think it's really about establishing a relationship with our people who we're helping, mm-hmm. right? And understanding that nutrition doesn't exist in a vacuum. We don't yeah. just eat for fuel. We eat for cultural reasons. We mm-hmm. eat um, for emotional reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way that we consume food is informed by so many different parts of our life. And I think as dietitians, we really need to address those mm-hmm. aspects of people's lives that that's within our scope of practice, right? So yeah. it's important for us to understand that we're not experts in mental health, um, mm-hmm. But we do know that what we eat and how we eat influences our mental health and our stress. Yeah. Um, but also our stress and our mental health influences what we mm. eat and how we eat, right? So we, the human body is very complex and, and, and connected, right, to, to all of the different systems are connected, including our brain and our mental health mm-hmm. <laughs> with our yeah. physical health. So it's important for us to address these factors when we're working with people. So we really need to take a step back and be holistic and comprehensive when we're providing nutrition care. Mm, That's so good. And yeah, I think that, like you mentioned earlier, is such a missing link. I think, and again, I think this is what so many people assume when they hear dietitian is they think that you're just going to like throw them like some generic meal plan. Here's what you need to eat. Don't eat this. Follow these rules. And that's like so missing the mark in, in so many different ways. Um, I think that personalized care really helps set people up for more long-term success too. Because I think when we look at some of these just like crazy quick fix diets that are out there, nothing about them is personalized. So someone may be able to follow them for what, three months or something, but then it reaches a point of like, well, this doesn't make sense for my lifestyle. I don't like these type of foods or it's telling me I can't eat some of my favorite foods or that sort of thing. So I feel like that, yeah, personalized approach and really looking at like the whole person. I love what you said of like establishing a relationship with that person. What I also hear in that is like viewing them as more than just like a number or a client of like really getting to know them, their likes, their dislikes, what's important to them, um, to really help them set up, set themselves up for long-term like health and success. 
Yeah. I mean, the reality is people don't just change because you tell them to, (laughs) right? (laughs) If that were the case, we would all be very successful at reaching our goals. But change is hard. It's Mm. really, really hard. And so it's going to take more than a meal plan. It's going to take more than, you know, some education on fiber to Mm. really support people in changing their health, right? It's really important for dietitians um, and Mm -hmm. all of our dietitians at Kalina Health are trained in this method, it's really important for us to be able to work with people in shifting their mindset, in changing their behaviors, um, and and working on lifestyle changes and not just, you know, this is the number of grams of carbs you need to eat per day. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. How do you see someone's mindset um, or like limited beliefs or thoughts? Like, how do you see that impacting their behaviors? Yeah, I think it's, this is huge, right? Because I think Mm -hmm. our, it's really difficult to change our neurochemistry, our brain wiring, right? And so the way that we perceive ourselves and our environment has a direct impact on our behavior. And so it's mm-hmm. really important to understand that um, and to be able to identify the limiting beliefs that people have about themselves, which are then impacting you know, their behavior around their health. Um, mm-hmm. So our, our thoughts inform our behavior all the time. Yeah, yeah. And I think like that's what can keep people stuck sometimes. I see oftentimes with our clients like coming with that belief of like, well, I'm just not a good cook or I can never reach my goals or like whatever those like limiting beliefs may be and kind of like staying stuck in that like negative mindset of like, I can't change instead of trying to see it from more of that like positive perspective, like, okay, maybe I've just never learned how to cook or maybe I've like been trying to do exercises that like I don't enjoy, or maybe I need accountability, someone to help me reach these goals that I have. Um, which I guess that kind of leads into too, like the role that like setting goals and having consistent habits and maybe even accountability, like the role that can play in shifting our mindset um, or in helping us like unlearn some negative beliefs we may have. Yeah, it's it's so incredible how strong our negativity bias is. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think I have a particularly strong negativity bias, which is (laughs) sort of how I I dove into this space, right? Mm -hmm. Um, People who suffer from depression tend to have a stronger negativity bias. People who suffer from trauma tend to have Mm -hmm. a stronger negativity bias, right? So Mm -hmm. we're, we're, as humans, (laughs) we are programmed to think about what's wrong (laughs) from Mm -hmm. as a survival mechanism, right? So our brain really leans on um, the things that are wrong in order for us to, you know, quote unquote, fix them so we can survive, right? And Mm -hmm. but I think in contemporary times, that survival mechanism is not working for us at all. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, anxiety and fear, um, low self low self-efficacy. And so when we think about shifting our mindset, we're really focused on shifting towards, you know, the positive to counteract that negativity bias, um, which is not about telling people a false hope that they're Mm -hmm. wonderful and they're really not. It's about perspective and really Mm -hmm. being people's strengths and celebrating those strengths and utilizing those strengths to outgrow 
the problems that they're experiencing. So, you know, if we take healthcare, for example, we have a patient who has type 2 diabetes and they are consuming too many sweets, right? Mm. So from a more traditional approach, we would say, oh, we need to fix this, right? You need to stop consuming so many sweets. (laughs) (laughs) Something is wrong with you and your behaviors. Mm. (laughs) You need to stop doing that. Here is the solution, right? Um, And while the intention there is good, um, again, we can't just tell people what to do and they do it. When we take a step back and and think about changing mindset and motivational interviewing and focusing on Mm. building healthy habits, we say, okay, well, what is something that you're, you know, really good at? Maybe this is a patient who's really good at baking, you know, they're consuming a ton of sweets because they love to bake, right? Oh, that's amazing. How can we utilize that strength to help to support you in reaching Mm. your goals? Let's explore ways for us to, you know, think about creative ways to cook lower sugar um, desserts, right? Um, Let's connect with other people who are on the same journey who are passionate about cooking um, Mm. and try to utilize our support system, right? So we're really thinking outside of the box instead of like Mm. focusing on what's wrong. We're Mm -hmm. focusing on strengths that we can leverage to help outgrow our problems. And that Mm. in turn empowers people who want to make change. It it helps them to be an active participant in their journey, Mm. um, which makes which is more effective in shifting their brain wiring, which then leads mm-hmm. to more sustainable change over time. So yeah. that's how mindset and behavior are one way is that mindset and behavior are connected. Mm, that's huge. Cause yeah, I feel like it's so easy. I think that's a great example with type two diabetes to just be like, I mean, gosh, I remember like in my dietetic internship, we'd like go throughout the hospital and have little handouts. We'd give people like, okay, here's what you need to stop eating or here's what you need to do. If you have type two diabetes and it's like, first of all, those handouts probably end up in the trash, but also like they probably don't really help a ton because we're not like getting super personalized into like, okay, let's look at like what your day actually looks like. And I love how, how you described it of like, instead of feeling like the like bad guy, quote unquote, of like, what are all the things we need to take out? It's like, let's get creative. How can we change some things up, but make it in like an empowering way, like you mentioned where, and I think even with that, again, with type two diabetes being a great example, I think it's easy in those situations for food to feel like demonized of like, Oh my gosh, like sugar is so bad. Like I need to stop eating it. I'm this bad person, which I feel like can easily fuel back into like mindset and beliefs and negativity, but instead reframing it to this more like positive, empowering approach of like, let's look at some new recipe ideas or ways we can like bake that won't be, you know, consuming as much sugar throughout the week kind of thing. Yeah. And the reality is that people have a lot of guilt and shame around nutrition, mm-hmm. a lot, right? And mm-hmm. we as, as nutritionists, as nutrition experts, have to be able to understand how our patients are showing up for us when mm-hmm. we are there to help them. They're already feeling incredibly defeated, yeah. and insecure, shameful. <laughs> and that's a combination mm-hmm. of so many different social factors, right? Yeah. Um, particularly for women, particularly for people of color. So it's really Mm. important for us to be sensitive to that. And Mm. and knowing that our patients are showing up in this place that is skewed towards the negative, skewed Mm. towards guilt and shame. 
and really be able to give them that perspective, right? Like, mm. actually, yeah. <laughs> these are the strengths that you have, and this is how we can use those strengths to help you to get to where you want to be. You know, that's mm. really about like tapping into their motivation, understanding their why factor. If you're mm. trying to change a behavior, you need to really connect to why it's important to you. (laughs) Gosh, that's so true. Because if it's like, if it doesn't dig into like your why or align with your values, like you're not going to be motivated to keep up with it. Or maybe like I mentioned earlier with like the quick fix, maybe it lasts for a little bit, but it's probably not going to turn into like a sustainable lifestyle change or habit because it just doesn't really like stick for you personally. Exactly. It's really hard to sustain um, lasting change in any behavior, whether it's, you know, a health related behavior or otherwise, it's really Mm -hmm. difficult. And it takes consistency and experimentation and support. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you really want to be able to connect to that value and the motivator on a regular basis because there's going to be a lot of barriers there's going to be a lot of challenges throughout your journey and to be able to really resonate with the fact that I'm doing this (laughs) and this is why and to connect with that on a regular basis is really important for behavior modification Mm. what do you think for someone listening who's like okay how do I make sure my the habits or the goals that I'm setting do align with like my why or my deeper like values and motivations, like what could be some ways people could like, I guess maybe a two part question here, like identify their, like their why their values, but also like ensure that their like goals and habits align with that. Why or those values? Yeah. Yeah. It's well, there's certainly like some quizzes out there that are validated that you can dive into and I can send you some, some of those in, in the yeah. show notes and you can put them in the show notes. But yeah, I think the, the reflection is really important. And it's, it's really important to ask yourself key, those key questions. What is most important to me in this mm. world, right? Yeah. Um, so to be able to answer that question and then connect that answer to your goals, right? Mm. So um, it, it's most important to you to have a family, for example, mm. or family is most important. Having your own family is huge value, core value for you. And how do we connect that to your health goals? Well, maybe you are struggling with fertility because of, you know, polycystic ovarian syndrome, which Mm -hmm. is related to insulin resistance, which, you know, is impacted by what we eat and how we exercise. And Mm -hmm. so really being able to connect the dots between what your core values are and how that directly relates to your health. Um, is really important for motivation. So mm-hmm. you have to really unpack and dive in to every little piece of the journey. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I think that helps get really deep into like why you're setting up a p- specific goal. And even going back to like the personalized aspect of like setting goals, developing habits that like align with your why, align with your values, and just like make sense for your lifestyle in general, instead of like setting certain goals because you feel like you should, like what comes to mind with me for that of like going to like going on runs every day when you like deep down hate running, but you feel like, oh, well, this is what healthy people do. They run like Mm -hmm. really digging into like, okay, but why am I running? What if I like went to Pilates instead or went to this like boot camp at the gym or like did something 
else where I'm still moving my body. So I'm still exercising, but I'm doing something that I enjoy. That's also a habit that's probably much easier to maintain because I enjoy doing it. Yeah. And the recurring theme here is really, it's about you. It's not about me, Tamar, the registered dietitian, the expert. It's about you, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I don't know what your motivators are. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know what your values are. Mm -hmm. You, only you know that. And that's Mm -hmm. unique to everybody, right? Like we all have a different set of motivators and values and those values change over time or Mm. values don't change over time, but our motivators certainly can change over yeah. time. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, well, values can change, but they're less, dip- they change less frequently. Sure. Uh, um, so I think that is really what for me. <laughs> so for people, as they're like working to set different goals, make sure they align with their values, like naturally barriers will come up. Things will happen that like make that goal hard to achieve, make them maybe feel discouraged in meeting that goal. So what are some tips that you typically give to clients or dietitians on your team typically give to clients when it comes to like overcoming barriers that may come up or like maybe having a week where like it wasn't as great when it came to like reach their goals? What are ways that you, I mean, I think it's bringing back in that like positive psychology, but helping them overcome those different barriers instead of that being a time where they just kind of like throw in the towels, like, okay, maybe this just isn't, isn't for me. Yeah. I love that you asked this question because I think it's so important to understand what personalization really is. And so, you know, we could, we could say, here are some tips for, you know, achieving your goal to increase your physical activity. You can at a timer you can you know we have these like behavioral nudges that we can focus on that you know i think a lot of like apps have have done right but what's what's missing there is the personalization and so really understanding the barriers and knowing that you know your patient is as a big travel experience and they're not going to be able to access the exercise routine that they normally would have, right? So then it's about diving into, okay, what do you have access to? <laughs> and what, where, where are you going to be, right? So like, what are your resources? What are your tools that you have available to you? What's your, what's your schedule like? Um, you know, what, is this something you even want to do this week? Yeah, <laughs> like you're going good. on vacation. Maybe you don't really want to do that. And it's not that you're a failure. It's just that it's yes. a goal has been deprioritized. Right. And mm-hmm. so what, what was a challenge is actually like, we could really reframe that and say like, this is no longer a priority for right now. Mm-hmm. We can revisit this. Right. So I think it's really important for us to really, really think about all of the factors that get in your way of reaching your goals, what's modifiable and what isn't. Sometimes we have no control, right? So for mm-hmm. example, I have a 15 month old and mm-hmm. you know, sleep is a challenge when you have a small child. Yes. It's gotten a lot better, but I don't have control over that. <laughs> so, I have an eight month old, so I'm right there with you. <laughs> well, congratulations. Yes, you too. <laughs> Like I it get gets it. better, it gets better, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. So we don't have we don't have control. We have some level of control yeah. in terms of like whether they're sleeping or not. But you know, if they're teething, they're in pain. That's not something we can control as moms. And so being able to adjust our goals to make them more realistic based on our mm-hmm. current circumstances is really important. Like getting up at five a.m. to go to the gym, probably not realistic if 
sleep is something that is, you know, to be determined. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, I love that you mentioned that of like, yeah, having to sometimes like reprioritize. And I think motherhood can be a great example of like, okay, well, if sleep is also, well, if sleep's hit or miss one, but also if like maybe me being able to sleep until six instead of five, like maybe getting that extra hour of sleep, it's actually going to be like more healthy that day for me than getting in that workout at 5am. So yeah, I think like getting clear on priorities um, and even like what, what's motivating you, which I feel like I heard a lot with like vacation of like, okay, so you're wanting to try and exercise on vacation. Like let's dig into what's motivating you to do that. Like not that exercising on vacation is bad, obviously like, sure, do it. That's great. Um, but getting clear on like, am I feeling like I have to do this or do I like genuinely want to do this? And if so, how do I prioritize it and make it work? And if, if I want to kind of take the week off, like giving yourself the freedom to do that. Yeah. The flexibility is so important when it comes to working on challenges and barriers. I mean, it's really number one, you have to be flexible and you have to be open to experimenting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well just in wrapping up, gosh, I feel like I could, I love talking about all things like mindset habits, behaviors. I think it's so interesting and crazy to me that it's something like, I mean, uh, at this point, I'm not necessarily surprised, but still crazy to me that like, we don't really learn a ton about this in just like traditional nutrition school. I don't know why I just called it nutrition school, but basically we don't learn about it. (laughs) Like our under like nutrition undergrad dietetic internship, but it's like so pivotal to the work we do with clients. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a a huge gap. And I think that's, that's why people struggle so much in working with Mm -hmm. a dietitian, right? That's why we have that perception of part of why we have that perception of being the food police, because as you said, this is not something that is, that we are sort of comprehensively trained on. And so it's really mm-hmm. important if we want to be in this space for us to go out of our way to um, get that training. And this is evidence-based. It's not yeah. like woo-woo science. Yes. <laughs> this is, this yes. is evidence-based. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, you know, that's Which I love that you said that. Really yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, where can people find you if they want to follow along or if they want to learn more about Lena um, and everything y'all are doing there? Yeah, yeah. So actually, we if you're interested in working with us, we offer free uh, discovery calls with our dietitians. So you can talk on a call with us to really learn more about the work that we do, our services, and find your person. You know, it's really important for because we have such a diverse team with different specialties and different counseling styles. It's most important for us to make sure that you feel like you are connected to the person who you're working with, um, and that mutuals connection and rapport is so important for behavior modification over time. Um, So you can hop on a call with us and get to know us um, for free. You can do that through our website, actualinahealth.com. And then you can also find us on Instagram. Uh, Our handle is actualinahealth. And we have a ton of awesome free resources, all evidence-based and practical yeah. tips about <laughs> nutrition. Um, and then you can find me also on Instagram at smartsamuels.rd. Amazing. And I'll make sure all that's in the show notes too, so people can just click on over. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Tamar. Thank you, Dylan. It was so great chatting with you. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining today's episode on the free method podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a five-star review that helps others discover this message of freedom. 
Share this with your friends and make sure you tag us on Instagram at Free Method Nutrition. And if you're ready to start your own journey to freedom, I'd love to offer you a free call to chat with me about your health goals. Head to freemethodnutrition.com slash free call to schedule yours. We will see you in the next episode.